Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here. Today, I'm going to be talking about Lamar Jackson, Austin Eckler, then the unfortunate news, Nuggets sweep the Lakers. I'll react to that game, what's ahead for LeBron in the future, as well as tonight's Celtics Heat game four. Could this be the first time ever that we have two sweeps in the conference finals? I'll get into I'll get into all that, but let's get started with Lamar Jackson miss uh, missing the first day of OTAs yesterday, and then he uh, has been reported for the second day. So yesterday he dropped the ball. Today he came in, and I'm glad about that because I was uh, prepared to go off on Lamar Jackson if he missed all of the OTAs, considering he just got that nice contract. And then he doesn't even show up. You know, it was kind of like Lamar Jackson news to a T. But he shows up for the second day with his fully guaranteed, or not fully guaranteed, but being the, you know, highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, The team has certainly... Got him weapons, people he wanted, sign OBJ, draft another first-round wide receiver. And with all that being said, I want to have a spectacular here from Lamar Jackson. I'm tired of the, you know, off-field contract issues that has been going on the past couple years. I want Lamar Jackson to go ball out. I'm tired of the, the noise surrounding him. I need him to step up, be available, be healthy, win some games, have a career year after his contract. And it wouldn't be difficult for him to have a career year. Yes, in 2019, he won MVP, was first team uh, all pro. uh, But that was the only season he threw over 3,000 yards receiving. Yes, he did add in 1,200 rushing, which was a record. But that season, he threw for 3,100 yards. I think with the weapons he has, he could easily eclipse that. I would like to see Lamar Jackson get into the into the 4,000 range. Now, I believe last year he was on pace uh, to beat his uh, you know current record if he. You know, had, I think, six more games to play. Uh, You know, getting 200 yards per game, he would have, you know, broken that. That would have been nice for him to do. So I would like him to break his receiving or his passing yardage record. I think that's a step forward in the right direction. Again, that was the only year he threw over 3,000 yards. It was the only year as well. He threw over 30 touchdowns. And then... uh, he had a QBR of 83 as well, which was fantastic league high. So, again, only year where he had over 3,000 yards, over 30 touchdowns. And then people wonder why I don't include him in my top five quarterback list. And I have him, you know, in the top ten, but he's on the in the six to ten range and not the uh, one to five range. Why is that? Well. It's pretty simple because you have players doing that every single year. Uh, Lamar Jackson's career year 
is what Josh Allen does every year. He throws for over 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns every year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, same thing with him. Uh, he adds in a few rushing is here and there. Same with Josh Allen. He's a good dual threat quarterback. Joe Burrow, another one, 4,000 plus yards, 30, 40 touchdowns. Same with Justin Herbert, uh, Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, so when you look at those, you know, key guys, these, those, I think, fab five quarterbacks, you might say, uh, I think it's time for Lamar Jackson to take that next step, uh, to open up a passing game. And like I said, I thought this past year he improved the passing a bit. The season was cut short by injury. Now it's time to take that new contract, take those weapons that you got. Uh, I think this is the best, you know, receiver group that he's had since he's been in the NFL. So I want to see him uh, take the Ravens to a deep playoff run. To me, a successful season for Lamar, a career year, would be beating his yard, um, passing yardage high, um, getting around the same amount of touchdowns. I think 35 is an acceptable number and taking his team to the conference uh, championship game. To me, that's a win. That constitutes a career season for Lamar. I think he has the ability to do it. Again, it will be very tough. Do I think it's likely? Will he do it? No, probably not. If I was a betting man, I'd definitely bet against what I just said. But we see quarterbacks take the next step. They continue to grow. Uh, they don't make as much noise as Lamar Jackson. And they're putting up Lamar Jackson passing numbers and then some um, every year. So, again, I want to see Lamar go out and have a career year. Next up, Austin Eckler, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, who was kind of unhappy to start uh, free agency, wanted a new contract, didn't get one. He requested a trade. Well, he's staying in L.A. for the final season of his contract because he added around $2 million uh, in incentives to his uh, current deal. Again, he's, this is the final year of that contract extension he signed a few years ago. So now he's going to make around $6.5 million, and he'll be set for free agency after this coming season. But to me, this was huge, uh, getting this deal done, uh, giving him a little bit more money, considering he was absent from the Chargers, you know, OTAs. And Austin Eckler is really just a key part of what they do as a team. Uh, last year scored, you know, 18 touchdowns was best, uh, NFL best league high, 18 touchdowns rushing. I uh, had 950, 915 yards rushing and 702 yards receiving. He's a great uh, dual threat running back out of the backfield. Also led the NFL with 822, 822 yards after the catch. He is phenomenal at what he does. I thought, you know, he is one of the key guys on this team. You can't just let him go, not pay him. Uh, and right around here. So I think this is a great deal, especially considering uh, that uh, Kellen Moore is now the offensive coordinator 
I think they're going to take a step up from what they previously had under uh, Joe Lombardi. I think he's going to do great work. Uh, he's definitely going to definitely pass the ball more, uh, put up great numbers, but still having that, you know, comfort blanket, which I believe is Austin Eckler, the great check down running back for uh, Justin Herbert, uh, who can get yards as great in goal line situations as well. Uh, and I think part of that as well is he cares about fantasy stats. Uh, so he'll push an extra few yards to beat his family members in fantasy football, which to me says something because he's just a very competitive individual. He's a guy you want on your team. Is there a very, very smart move for the Chargers considering how good the AFC is? Uh, you're trying to stack talent in this talent arms race, as you were. So keeping him, keeping him happy is key for the Chargers uh, to take on the Chiefs in their division who had Two close losses to them last year, uh, both decided by a touchdown or fewer. Now you flip those games. Um, you know, LA would have gone 12 and 5, um, and Kansas City would have gone 12 and 5. LA would have won the division right there, and maybe something changes. But that's kind of, you know, I think the Chargers are really, really close to competing. And right there on the doorstep, again, they convert those two games against the Chiefs. We probably have a different story on this last season, postseason run. Uh, I believe this is going to be a big year for Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Now moving on to the NBA. Well, I picked every game in this series wrong. I picked the Lakers to win all four games, of course. Those were all dependent on what happened in the first game. So, again, not correct with these picks. However, I did pick the Nuggets to go to the NBA Finals. I did say they were going to win this series. So that does mean something. My West bracket is perfect. I predicted every team correctly. So I will give myself a pat on the back. I got half the Finals uh, exactly right. Uh, my other team, I picked to meet them there meet the Nuggets in the finals as the Celtics, and I'll talk about them just in a bit. Looks like that won't be the case. But let's talk about Nuggets, Lakers. Now let's talk about the Nuggets first. Since they won the game, they won the series. I'll start with them. Nikola Jokic uh, was great last night. 30 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, average a triple-double. Again, or had a triple-double again last night. He's averaging a triple-double for the playoffs. Uh, he was fantastic. He was three for six from three. Um, and he just made another incredible shot late in the shot clock. Um, no time left. He does a step back, cocks the ball all the way over his head and kind of just launches it into the net. Now, that first game against... The Lakers, when he did that same exact thing, I thought it was lucky. But the fact that he did it like one game every series, it's not luck. You know, after that one he made last night against AD again, I thought, he practices this. He's clearly the best player in the world. Now, Adam is the best player in the world at number one when I did my top 12 last week. And Jokic just really cemented that. He was great. Um, Jamal Murray. Uh, was fantastic as well, 25 points. A uh, key defensive stop there on LeBron uh, to seal the game. KCP, uh, I think, was the reason they kept 
it close within that first quarter, uh, knocking down his threes there, 13 points. Aaron Gordon, um, you know, they dared him to shoot. Aaron Gordon made him pay with 22 points. Michael Porter, 15 points. So every starter was in double digits. That's how you win games. Uh, again, they were fantastic. Jokic makes uh, great shots. Um, he's kind of this point forward where he can, um, you know, do it all, take the ball up the court, um, and keep it going. So he also gets the rebounds, offensive rebounds, which he dominated AD last night uh, on that stat, which is which is just really sad. I mean, them as a team had 11 offensive rebounds to the Lakers, eight. And defensively, they were about the same, so Nuggets with a, a small rebounding margin, but a few of those key rebounds where you want AD to come down with it. Jokic had the putback, and when it was a game of, you know, just two points, uh, what is the final score? Those two, three baskets that were four, six points, that's the, that's the deciding factor. So, again, I would have liked to see a little more grit from AD, a little more, you know, determination and a closeout game. I didn't get it. Jokic wanted it more. He was threading the needle on certain passes. Uh, he was playing with a lot of intensity. That's why he picked up five fouls. One of them was uh, kind of cheap against LeBron James. I thought, really, why'd you do that? But outside of that, um, they're just a very, very balanced team. Um, it feels like KCP gives you 10 to 15 every night. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., the same thing. He gives you 10 to 15. Aaron Gordon, I don't think, usually gives you 22. Uh, but again, he's the 10 to 15. Uh, Jokic is sensational. Jamal Murray is sensational. Again, they're very balanced, and that's how you win basketball games. Um, they have a closure mentality as well with Jokic and Murray, a dominant duo there. And in a series that came down to a lot of fourth quarters, final possessions, Nuggets were the one who uh, converted on both. So I got to give them, got to give them credit. As LeBron James said, I got to tip my cap off to them because it, it was truly uh, sensational and. That's why I picked them to go to the NBA Finals to go on this run. And now it looks like if they play the Heat, probably pick the Nuggets to win the Finals. I think they'll think they actually might win in five if they play the Heat because of how well they're playing right now. They're on a roll. Uh, this is a really, really good balanced basketball team uh, moving forward. Not a lot of ego as well. Uh, their biggest ego, I think, is their head coach, Michael Malone. Uh, which again, saying something, but I'll leave that for another time. I think he should have got another technical last night and ejected. But that's just me. It's neither here nor there. Now let's talk about the Lakers. Even though Jokic was sensational, LeBron was the best player on the court last night. He basically had a triple-double. 40 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. He kind of averaged a triple-double for the series. It was like 28 uh, points. 10 rebounds, 9.5 assists. I mean, if you want to say 28, 10, and 10 like I will, I basically average a triple-double this year to go against Jokic, who averaged a triple-double. Again, he was sensational. Anthony Davis had 21, but it was the quietest 21. I think I've seen when Aaron Gordon gets one more point than you in his minutes seem more impactful than Anthony Davis. Uh, that's an atrocity, uh, considering they had to go to Tristan Thompson. And I thought Tristan Thompson... Did a decent job defending Jokic, 
bringing energy as well. Uh, I've got nothing but good things to say about Tristan Thompson, considering this is a do-or-die game they put him in. I give props to Tristan Thompson for competing. Uh, Dennis Schroeder playing defense, 13 points. Austin Reeves, 17. Uh, Rui, 10. Uh, but, again, the other players off the of bench, Lonnie Walker had the one fourth quarter. He couldn't get it going outside of that um, game against Golden State. And then D'Lo, again, abysmal this series. He was a plus six because he played for 15 minutes, had four points, a couple of quick shots, and then they pull him right away because they know they target him. He's lazy on defense. He doesn't play that uh, well. So, again, Great series. I tip my cap off to Denver, uh, but this proves to me how, you know, LeBron is still dominant. He turns that switch on 21 uh, points in the first quarter, tied his playoff career high, 31 points uh, by halftime. He played every minute of this game, all 48. That's phenomenal. In a game, Anthony Davis had to sit for eight minutes. Uh, Rui played more minutes uh, than AD. Austin Reeves played more minutes. Uh, Yoke, nobody on the Nuggets played every single minute like LeBron did. Again, I tip my cap off to him. Uh, he knew the stage of this game. Uh, you could tell he wanted to win. And LeBron's just a sensational basketball player. Then, after the game, uh, as I was watching the post-game press conference, this is the only one I cared about, of course, was LeBron, um, and he said some very uh, telling things, you know, very open to the media uh, following that loss, and it made it seem like he's contemplating retirement. He says he's got a lot to think about before going into uh, next year, um, you know, if he wants to even continue to play, but he's going to think about it, and it really threw me off because this is the first time He's ever hinted at retiring. Um, and it, to me, was very Tom Brady-esque where you just feel like Tom Brady's going to play forever. And then there's these subtle reports of him retiring. He does. He comes back for a year, and then it's official. You still think he's going to play. And that's how I feel with LeBron. Uh, you know, Tom Brady went out as a top five current quarterback in NFL, went down and retired as the greatest of all time. Uh, but retired from a game of football as a top-five quarterback in the NFL. And then, you know, LeBron, if he were to retire right now, again, last week when I did my top 12, he was at number five. He would retire still as a top-five current NBA player. As he said yesterday, he still feels like he's 90, 95% better than the rest of the NBA. Why would he walk away? He went to the, you know, LeBron James of feet, which is why he returned. You could tell he was gassed last night uh, near the end of that game. Uh, and as he said in the post-game press conference, he was frustrated, uh, wanted to win this game. He wanted to go to another finals. I think he knows deep down they beat the Nuggets. And we're looking with the way the Heat is. He could have beat the Heat, and guess what? That's an easy win series to get your fifth ring. This is a year he didn't have to compete with Giannis and the Bucks or Boston and Jason Tatum. It was just the, just the Heat who we beat a couple years ago in the bubble. I think he was, you know, the team was feeling good about that. 
Um, you can tell that foot injury lingered, though. Um, the jump, the, you know, late in the game, he couldn't take over. I think yesterday he was so dominant in that first half, he was hoping, hey, if I get the team out to the 15-point lead, which we have, hopefully the team can help me in keeping the lead, and they imploded in the third quarter, let the Nuggets go up by five, and the rest uh, was history. He also softened his stance on playing with Bronny. He said, you know, I've got, I've done what I've had to do in this league. My son's going to take my journey. Uh, it's it, it's my aspiration, but if he doesn't want to, then I'm absolutely okay with that. So, again, it is interesting uh, that he's thinking about retirement. I do think if he continues to play, it will be this coming year and then maybe one more year with Bronny and 40, and that's it. I think he sees uh, the sun setting on his career. He's in the twilight of his career now. Um, again, I hope he doesn't retire this summer because that's like one of the last NFL or last sports things I want to do is go see LeBron James play. So I need to check that off my bucket list. So hopefully he doesn't retire and pull the stint on me, but I need to see LeBron play this year. That's really what it comes down to. But he was contemplating retirement. Now, then you have that, which, again, I don't think he's going to retire. Um, I do think he's going to play this year. So then you have all these people on Twitter and articles being written on him retiring. And, you know, is this a threat of retirement? I'm considering Rob Linka, you need to go out and do this and this for me to stay. Or you could trade me to a team that can win or, you know, what's going on. I think this is more Le GM operating than uh, LeBron, the basketball player, operating. And I think the message is very clear and simple. He wants the Lakers to go get Kyrie. It's not a coincidence. Kyrie was sitting courtside yesterday for the Lakers game and has been in attendance for Lakers playoff games. Lakers, or Kyrie has made it public. He wants to play with LeBron James again. LeBron has made it public. He wants to play with Kyrie again. So you don't want LeBron to contemplate retirement for him to come back. You go get Kyrie. Now, again, I said this in yesterday's podcast, is you can do a couple of sign-in trades. The good thing is um, Lakers can do one in trade D'Lo and Malik Beasley. And, you know, for Kyrie, um, I think that would help the deal out for the Mavericks. Uh, but he's a free agent. So if he doesn't want to do a, a sign and trade and the Lakers know the Mavs aren't going to cooperate, they can just go out and sign him. They can do that. And to me, it makes, it makes sense. That's something I would, again, consider um, because you dump Malik Beasley in. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, then that money will go to Kyrie Irving. Again, give me Kyrie Irving over those two guys. You still find a way to sign Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. You don't want to give up your depth for Kyrie. Um, So if you can have a starting five of Kyrie, Austin Reeves, LeBron, Rui, AD, that's a very, very good 
starting five. And then if Dennis Schroeder wants to come back as well, I take him back, you know, as the sixth man. I think he's terrific defensively. Brings that edge. I'd also try to bring, I think, Lonnie Walker's under contract, if I'm not mistaken. You bring him back. Uh, Tristan Thompson, you, maybe you exercise uh, Vanderbilt's uh, option as well to have a decent rotation. You kind of let uh, Bamba go and some of the other ones and then have the minimum. I believe they can work the salary cap under the new CBA uh, to work this out. And to me, it just makes sense. Considering LeBron, this is another year gone for him. Um, getting older, uh, you can see that in bursts, in bursts in that first half, he was a great player in the NBA in that first half. The whole game, um, he was the best player on the court. He can still be top five player. If you add Tyree, you don't have to worry about AD offensively so much. You just focus, you can focus on his defense because guess what? Kyrie's going to get his shots. It also helps because in fourth quarters, late in game, Kyrie led the league in fourth quarter scoring this year. Um, he has a closure mentality. Uh, you saw that in display on the finals. Uh, he can shoot. And to me, it's perfect. Are they all going to play 82 games? No. But can they all play 65 and get chemistry together? Can Austin Reeves and Kyrie lead you on one night to a win? Definitely. Uh, can LeBron and AD do it one night? Yep. Can AD, Kyrie do it one night? Yep. So you have all these pieces. Um, so again, if they can keep Rui and Austin Reeves, that's, I think, the biggest thing you do first. And then you look at the Kyrie, uh, either sign and trade or bring him in in free agency. Now, if I'm on LeBron and I really want this, maybe I go to the Lakers and say, hey, restructure my contract to get Kyrie some extra money so he doesn't have to take $13 million or $15, 20 whatever it may be. Um, let's work this out if I really want to win another championship. Because if, you know, the Lakers team stays mostly pat, again, they keep Austin Raves and Rui, and they somehow get Kyrie and they drop D'Lo and Malik Beasley to add to this team. And I look at the rest of the teams in the league, uh, I'm sorry. Even I know the biggest thing is health issues and personal problems. But the Lakers would be a top six team next year. They would be better. Of course, in Golden State, they proved that Golden State, I think, will be making a few changes. Um, Memphis, they're a broken and flawed team. Uh, Sacramento's a little young. I think that would be a good theory. Same with Phoenix. Who knows the status of the Clippers' two stars? Uh, Denver, I think, will be solid. They'll be back next year. But I think the Lakers can be a top four team easy in the West um, next year with that roster and can go to a finals, push a team there. So I think they go out and get Kyrie. You bite the bullet. Um, you know, the Mavericks really have no leverage. So you go out and do that trade. Now moving on to the Celtics heat, last thing of the day. Um, this, to me, is crucial. You don't want to get swept. Um, you know, the Lakers aren't going to make big sweeping changes, but Boston could be on the brink of that if they lose tonight. Malcolm Brogdon, I thought, said an interesting thing, that their identity is weighing throughout the year. And that's weird because he wasn't on the team last year, so it's not like, 
he has a lot to say about the identity of this team again, I thought was very, uh, very interesting. Like he's kind of taking shots, um, sort of at the coach. Um, yeah, their defense has not been what it was last year, but Malcolm Brogdon, you ain't even on the team last year. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and the other question is, you know, Joe Missoula facing a lot of heat. Are these players going to go out and go play for Coach Missoula and say, hey, you know, what happened to you? You took a lot of bullets for us. Or are they just going to, like, quit on Joe Missoula, have break up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, as a matter of fact, because of that? Uh, because that's the biggest thing. Are the Celtics going to dig in uh, Al Horford, uh, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, the veterans of the team? What are they going to do? It doesn't look like Kevin Love is going to go uh, with kind of a muscle cramp or something like that. So I believe the Heat are going to come in with a closers mentality and try to end the series tonight. So Boston better be ready because if not, they might be run off the court again. Um, however, as I said on the outset of the show, two conference final series – uh, it's never been a sweep in the same year. I believe that doesn't happen tonight. Miami opened as a one-and-a-half, two-point favorite. That line is shrinking. I like the Celtics to win this game. Uh, I know, again, I'm much like the Lakers. I pick the Celtics every series. But to me, I just look at the talent of this team and the fact that Boston easily could have beat one game one in game two. Uh, second half collapses. Game three was the only one that really got out of hand. Uh, and if you win this one, you have faith because two of the next three are at home. Uh, this is a huge game. I think if Miami, they want to win this game. But I like Boston to win this game. And maybe, maybe the series gets interesting. Again, I get Boston tonight. We'll see. I'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone.